Hey everybody, and welcome to our first episode of It's No Time Cop. Today's episode, we're going to be reviewing The Debt. So, uh, yeah. Here we go. Alright, we're back. Um, I guess to introduce ourselves, uh, my name's Cody, Cody Robinson. I'm the, uh, the, one of the hosts here. I'm going to turn it over to my, uh, my man, Gabe. Gabe. How's it going? I'm Gabriel Mara, um, film school dropout extraordinaire. That's it? Yeah, that's all I got. All right. I could go on. And I'm, uh, Mark Jarofsky, former, uh, former host of the Brooklyn Film Theorist, writer, filmmaker, you guys took all the good I, ones. I didn't yeah, even get to say. I just I just said I'm the host of the yeah, show. I, was, I, I like, do waiting. other things. That's I'm, a big. I was okay, okay, talk I'm to multi-talented. Us. Talk I to write. About it. I I write things. I. Uh, it's promising. Um, I act. I'm in a show right now. I, I do a little stage. Tell us about it? Um, well, we'll do that later. later. Okay. Um, I watch a lot of movies. Um, I think I. I yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. So. Everyone, we're all new to the show. Uh, well, and hopefully you're watching, listening to this first episode. Watching, if you're watching this right now, stop looking through the window. That's just oh, that'd weird. be hot. <laughs> but uh, so, how it runs on this here? It's no time cop. Is that we as a collective have looked at the world of cinema and thought to ourselves, is this movie as good as the 1995 classic Jean Claude Van Damme film Time Cop? Because that's where I stop laughing, Mark, because that's that's the pinnacle of what we're looking for in a film. Does it hold that level of time cop greatness? Yeah, like seriously, I'm, every time I watch a movie, like I was watching it, I was like, trying to rewatch Shakespeare in Love, and I'm like, wait, there's no butterfly splits, no no men getting electrocuted or anything, and no no JCVD. It's, it was useless. Yeah, <laughs> useless. Yep. There we go. There was an uh, Affleck, you know. There was. Yeah. But uh, okay. So how we run this little show is uh, we start out with. Uh, Basically, a little bit of uh, we talk about what we've been watching. It's called uh, now showing. Now showing. Now showing. Oh, it's called now it's showing. showing. Oh, we just started. So okay. now showing. Would you like um, to go first? Um, no, actually, Mark, why don't you tell us what you've been watching? Okay, sure. Um, well, I do a fair amount of reviewing, so I end up watching a lot of films that time forgot. To uh, quote the AV Club feature that I read religiously. Uh, <laughs> so recently, I've had the chance to see something called Super Hybrid. Um, which was about a killer car, and it took place entirely in a garage, and it starred Odette Ferrer, or Fur, who most people remember. He's an Israeli actor. The Mummy. Actor. Yes, The yeah. Mummy and Resident Evil, the whole yeah, Resident he's Evil the Magi. series. That's right. Uh, and it was it was very uh, subpar. <laughs> that wait, 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 wait. It's a killer car movie in a garage? It's set entirely in a, in a big parking Is it a, garage. Okay, I thought it was like a, like a small little garage. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like no, like, no, no, no. Just no, the no. car drives it's back. Yeah, so that would be, it's very low budget. Yeah. yeah, we just had one garage. Um, so the more like the David Mamet write this. It's oh like yeah, this man in a car. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of awkward pauses. <laughs> and William H Macy plays the voice of the car. Oh, Actually, I would have watched the hell out of that. Oh, absolutely. It's not amazing. It's a lot of. That's it. I ran out of Mamet. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, I saw In the Loop, uh, which was fantastic. I loved it. Um, can't recall the director right now, but it's a British comedy. It's a satire. It's one of the best political satires I've ever seen. And who's in it? 
a lot of actors that I yeah, am completely not familiar with, and Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Oh, also James Gandolfini. Oh yeah, he is in that. James Gandolfini, and that's really and one of the and a character actor who I remember for Burn After Reading. I don't oh, remember yeah. his name, but he plays an equally like a flunky of sorts at a high level. Anyway, uh, I saw that. Oh, the girl from My Girl's in that also. Yeah, I, I never saw My Girl. I re- late, later found out she was from My Girl. Yeah. Uh, she aged beautifully. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I just want to have this moment yeah. to appreciate how she's aged. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah. take a moment to close your eyes and imagine her blossoming and flowering into a beautiful young woman. Uh, okay, what else did I see? I saw a documentary that was put out by Oscilloscope Studios uh, called If a Tree Falls and it tracked a, a t- uh, group that's considered a terrorist group, one of the foremost terrorist groups in the United States. It was called the Environmental... The, the guys called themselves... The environmental, basically like a like it was an envi- they called them environmental terrorists, terrorists in the okay. documentary. Is Rosal Gould involved at all? <laughs> Not at all. Well, okay. All right, shut you down. <laughs> Not is it, interested. Is Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys involved? No, no. I'm, I'm kind of out. One of the guy's <laughs> eyes is, I guess, a little bit off. So you can, all right, cool. that's your Brad Pittism yeah. right there. Uh that's it for me. Okay, that's Gabriel. What, I've been watching. Um, what have you been watching? You know, I'm 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 a creature of habit. I just tend to rewatch the same stuff over and over again. You know, trying to feel cozy inside. So um. Reflecting back to my golden age of youth, I started rewatching um The Whitest Kids You Know. It's a brilliant sketch show. It's um this irreverent as all hell, and I just, I just really enjoy it. It's gross, and there's so many sketches that begin of them in front of a computer beating it. Yeah, that's like, a, like maybe it, like in every episode. You've been watching season it. four, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, and it's watched. Yeah, that's what episode. I went through all of season four. I think it's four. a motif now. Oh. Yeah, it is. There's well, a lot of masturbationary humor. Yeah. Okay, uh, what have you been watching it on? Oh, I've been watching it on um Cody's Xbox, which she loaned me for. Yeah. No, oh yeah, you, you, like you've been watching it on Netflix Instant Watch. Yes, that's Netflix how you've been watching Watch. it. There we go. Oh, that's your Let Netflix. them know it so they think, if, if they want to oh, see it. Sense. Yeah, I'm not at no point. I mean, I did. I'm a very giving person. Yeah, and I was just like, hey, here's an Xbox, bro. It's cool, whatever. You know, oh, like, like sweet. I was tired of you know watching tiny things. I was, I was tired of watching a softcore Swedish porn <laughs> on a tiny computer. It was, it was really bumming me out. Yeah, yeah. Netflix sadly doesn't really service the the porn junkies. they're working on it. Well, I'm that's why. Got the, the the classy ones, yeah. but um also um besides that, uh um this other night we were watching uh Daniel Tosh's uh stand up special, and um it was uh it was pretty amusing. I mean I was I was pretty amused. I wasn't laughing out loud that often. It was um like like um Adam Sandler puts it in funny people. If you know naturally hilarious people like myself and Cody and yeah. Mark, if um you know you find someone who writes good jokes um says it's really good, you're not really gonna laugh. You're just gonna say that's funny. You just smile at it. It was a lot of, you know, kind of non-secondary, I mean, not brilliantly non-secondary. It was, I, I, I chuckled, heartily, I chuckled heartily, you know, wow. I, I smirked a lot. Wow. Yeah. Your, your, your facial descriptions are so engrossing. Yeah, I know. Thank you, man. I wish, I wish, you know. You scratched just... your cheek <laughs> as you watched. Yeah, so this is just devastatingly amazing for the listening audience. Yeah, no, I was just, you know, I was just pulling out nose hairs. Ulysses. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's really about it for me. Okay. All right. Totally. Uh, I've been watching on Zoom, but it plays on Cartoon Network every um, Tuesday. It plays um, is the new Looney Tunes show. Me and Gabe have been watching it. Uh, it's, it's kind of genius. It's it's basically you take the original um, Looney Tunes characters, cast and characters, and cast them into a sitcom setting. Bugs uh, lives in suburbia. 
with Daffy as his deadbeat roommate who always gets him into trouble. And Bugs drives a Prius. Bugs drives a Prius. Yosemite Sam is their crazy hick neighbor who uh, literally at one point like puts lotion on his body and uh, works in the massage chair. In front, on their lawn. Yeah, on their front lawn. Um, you have Lola Bunny voiced by Kristen Wiig who plays like the crazy chick like that you, you know, you went on one date with and she's in love with you. Um, Lola's actually really sold it for me. I mean, when I, when I first heard you, you told me, you called me, I was saying, hey, I'm watching the Looney Tunes show. I'm like, that sounds awful. So, but then I, I started watching the episode and I'm like, wait, that's Kristen Wiig. And I never really thought the idea of the character of Lola Bunny. I mean, it was, it was like, I, I it was such a late addition. Yeah. She, she turned like many a child into a furry later on, I imagine. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just never got her in Space Jam and I love Space Jam. But I started watching the episode a few, and she was Kristen Wiig was brilliant. I mean, like, oh wow, they rewrote her to be that crazy chick. What, like, kind of like she's more akin to Mel from Flight of the Concords now. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Um, and then you have Fred Armisen does the voice of Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy Gonzalez is owner of Pizza Arriba, the uh, the pizza shop in town. You're really selling me on this. Um, it's, it's so fun. It's some of the smartest sitcom writing I've ever I've ever seen. Jennifer Esposito is the voice of Tina Duck. Oh yeah, Tina, Tina Russo. Russo. Tina Russo. Yeah, for some reason, I'm, D- I'm Daffy's love interest is like a Bronx girl. Yeah, a duck. like a Puerto Rican, like Bronx chick. It's yeah. hilarious. Because why, why not? Um, Let's see. I'm watching that. And then I'm finally trying to catch up on Dexter season five. Oh, I'm about know. halfway through the season so far. I'm watching that uh, through means of questionable obtainment. But mm-hmm. it's uh, peeking in someone's window yeah. while they're watching it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how that's that's very that's how I watch yeah. everything. <laughs> no pants included. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. I don't know. It's it's not holding my interest the way the show used to. Now it may just be like I don't really often sit down and watch shows all the way through. I just don't have as much time as I used to. Or I don't know. I don't know if I don't. I doubt it's a quality thing. But I mean. The acting is still top notch, and the characters are good. It's just I no, just don't have the is interest. Is that the I used season to. of Julia Stiles in it? Yes. Yeah, I've not touched that at all yet. Yeah, I'm pretty curious. So, but for me, Dexter got kind of tired for me a little while. I mean, it's like every episode, it's it got really formulaic for me. It's Dexter being like, "I'm actually a monster." Then some something happens. Like, wait, maybe I can change after all. Next episode again is, "Oh no, I forgot to pour the kid cereal. Maybe I am a monster." <laughs> and then he has some sort of epiphany. Then he kills somebody, and it's like, okay, maybe I'm better after all. I, I get it, man. I, I, I've, I've seen like four seasons and I've seen American Psycho. I mean, I, I, I know. I know already. Thank you, Gabe. Please move on. Thank you, Yeah, Gabe. please move on. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Um, next, we're going to talk, uh, talk a little movie news with you guys. This is our section we call uh, movie trailers. Or or trailer park. park. Trailer park. Oh my goodness. This Good is... work, Cody. <laughs> I don't... You expect me to show up to this thing sober? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so... This One third park. of this podcast is sober. It should be yeah, our exactly. Yeah, logo. yeah. See, that's thirty-three percent sober. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the kind of you know backing you can expect from this group. Thirty-three percent showered, probably. <laughs> yeah, I can. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I got yep. I got you, boys. Gabe. Covered. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no. He pulled me up. Who wants to go underwear? first? <laughs> You're right. still in um, your underwear. Mark. Yeah. Why don't you start us off? Okay. Um. Both of my movie news that I'd like to share with you folks have to do with two directors of questionable intent and background taking on franchises or, well, one franchise, one major franchise, and a remake. First up is John Moore, who uh, is the director of such 
celebrated (laughs) cinematic milestones as Max Payne behind enemy lines and a third movie that I can't remember is now set to direct Die Hard 5 and apparently (laughs) okay well as one as one news post put it John Moore said to be Bruce Willis's bitch and I hope that doesn't happen but uh, frankly speaking apparently he convinced Bruce Willis and this this gets me yeah. that he was the right person to make Die Hard by saying that he would utilize physical effects over CGI. I can back. And there were I can only imagine that all the other directors who were <laughs> who probably have somewhat slightly better cinematic yeah. reputations. I'm sorry, Mr. Moore, but yeah. as I am a fan of Behind Enemy Lines, if yeah. only for a s- Russian actor who no one knows yeah. except me. He plays the silent guy with a sniper rifle who follows Owen Wilson around for the okay. entire movie. His name is Vladimir Mashkov. Uh, but anyway. I'm, I can only imagine other directors had the same approach of using physical effects. As Die Hard is kind of built on physical effects. It's always has been the case. Even Live Free or Die Hard succeeds somewhat. Well, how do you get on the jet? Well, no, the jet is outlandish, but there is a good number of physical sequences. Well, I mean, and it's also worth discussing, like, how do you go, like, how do you suddenly make Len Wiseman fail right? upward? Like, like, no. How do you make Len Wiseman look like an amazing choice? Like, suddenly everyone's just like, why can't Len Wiseman make this? You know, and obviously he directed the last one. He makes the Underworld films. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's there's a new he, and he loves film and he out. loves blue uh, blue filters. Yep, lots lots of blue filters blue with that black. gentleman. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, how do you make Len Wiseman like the you're just like, oh no, you're you're going down. Like this is this is this gener- this is like a Rennie Harlan situation right now. Yeah. But Rennie Harlan always had a firm hand on what he was doing. I mean, I no, I've never really seen John John Moore. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I remember Max, Max Payne, Payne was a, just a step a, down. Behind was, Enemy Lines has its moments, but like overall, Max Payne was two hours of intense Mark Wahlberg staring. Oh yeah, that's great. It was that it was, was a better year from Mr. Wahlberg. That yeah. was the <laughs> happening and yep. Max Payne in one year. It's true. And, and then he stepped it animals? up, and you know. Oh yeah, and then it was the Andy Samberg skit yeah, that Mark exactly. Wahlberg read and Samberg <laughs> over. Sad um, your mother for me. That's uh, his first bit of moon news. Yeah. Second bit of moon news is David R. Ellis, who had Shark Night 3D come out this weekend, and it was very well received. Yeah, uh, uh, like sarcasm. Eight dollars, <laughs> I think it made in the theater. Um, and he's also responsible for Snakes on a Plane and the Final Destination Two, which is not considered yeah. well probably the weakest of the yeah. series besides four, four which is just garbage mm. uh he's set to remake kite a very controversial japanese anime porno film porno well it's never been released with this with the sex scenes intact here but it's about oh, a just... young girl who's adopted by two detectives or maybe it has it's a it has a confusing release history no, a, she's adopted by two detectives following the murder of her parents and they train her to be an assassin and naturally because it's the japanese anime she becomes yeah. a sex slave of yeah. Both of them, and you have to keep in mind she's a teenager, so we don't stand for that kind of nonsense over here. Nope, so not in America. It, no, they can no keep way. it on their shores. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want none of their... <laughs> Nothing but adults in the back pages. Yeah, here. exactly. So, yeah, um, David so I'm glad. No, I'm just that. really glad the director of Shark Knight 3D will be in charge of this. He'll be able to, you know, handle this with finesse. And yeah. you know, it's a really touchy film, you know. Yeah. It's a controversial film. Incidentally, I, I know the plot now, and yeah. it, it completely tosses out. It's actually a decent plot, yeah. so yes, we're really going to watch how David R. Ellis can make it or not make it happen. Yeah, make the it plot not. for this film, for the remake, is going to be it's about a girl whose dad gets killed by some... He's a cop, mm-hmm. and he's naturally like, 
a clean cop, and he gets killed by a dirty cop on the force, and then she has to figure out who killed him with her dad's partner, who is actually the guy who killed him. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that's how you spoil a movie that's going to come out two years from now by releasing a plot summary. Now, now we don't need to see it. Sam. It's ridiculous. We just watch, just watch the porno. The porno has its moments. Rapey moments. Oh, <laughs> Rapey. Yeah. So that's those are my two bits of movie news. And that, apologies gotcha. to Mr. Ellis and Mr. Moore. I really do hope that you make the films you want to make. I guess. May your first child be a master. I would ve- yes. I, um, I would I would love to see good remakes of kites and so a really good Die Hard Five. Is is that yeah. too much to ask? Is that I'd like to hope not. Bruce Willis's yeah. two bald headed sons hunting <laughs> criminals in Russia. That'd be great. Which is what apparently might go down. Well, because they I, have to have bald caps, though. Like they all have to be bald. They can't just have hair. Like it's it's the McLean clan. They have to be like <laughs> in the process of losing their hair, and whenever they take off their shoes, they inevitably step on glass. Exactly. That's how it works. Like oh, I want Reginald Bell Johnson. Mission back. to Moscow. It's Mission to Moscow with John McLean. John. <laughs> um, all right. Um, a little movie news from me. We got a. Uh, Brett Ratner, um, director of such films as Rush Hour 1, oh, Rush family. Hour 2, oh, man. Family Man, Rush Hour 3, Red Dragon, X-Men oh, yeah. 3. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, he's a guy that I actually kind of defend every once in a while, and I get a lot of a lot of crap for that. But, Wait, uh, let's not say something we can't take back. <laughs> but um, he's... Uh, He's a producer of this year's Oscars. Um, and the big thing is they asked him what his choice would be for Oscar host. And he threw out there. It was a big surprise. Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh man. It wasn't Chris Completely unexpected. <laughs> or Jackie Chan. Can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> that would be great. Can you imagine the Oscars? I'm just <laughs> trying to resist making like a racist like well, did character the, right did now. Did you ever see the... the Outtakes for the Rush Hour movies? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Brett Ratner getting Jackie Chan to say things. <laughs> yeah, and Jackie Chan lines. is such a sweet guy. He's like, well, I, I didn't, he told me to say it. I mean, like, they should just play over and over again. Um, he did the voice of uh, the male lead in Mulan and um, in the Chinese dub. Mm. And he sings, I'll make a man out of you. And on the Mulan special edition DVD, there's a music video of Jackie Chan singing that song. It's just him doing a bunch of martial arts and singing really, like, awkwardly, sincerely. And he does a great job. But, but um, in case you ever anyway, wanted to know, that yeah. said that that's what that's game is here yeah. for, people. Random. He has resources of knowledge. That we Get can't your even... Mulan DVD now. <laughs> but uh, back to it. So, all right. The big thing with the Eddie Murphy news is, is that uh, he's basically Brett Ratner is going to sit down with the uh, the Oscar. Well, I'm people's... sorry to interrupt, but it helps mentioning that uh, Murphy is in his newest film, Tower Heist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's in his latest film, Tower Heist, with uh, it Ben Stiller. Um, but the, uh, apparently Murphy's showing interest and there will be like, he's going to present them to the the board and you know, there's apparently a lot more steps. I don't know. How do you, how do you guys feel about Eddie Murphy? He's got a screen, um, a series of highlights from his recent films and you got Norbit, you got (laughs) me, Dave, um, other movies that he's done. Shrek. Shrek yeah. 2, actually, Shrek 3, I Shrek to, the Halls, I don't want to be 4. so skeptical. I have to say, I was extremely disappointed when Alan Arkin won the Oscar over Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy gave the best performance, supporting performance of the year for my money in uh, Dreamgirls. Okay. Well, Just it. given the fact that Eddie Murphy has done this this kind of uh, 
children's work and Dr. Doolittle, and then you had Norbit, but Dreamgirls was a complete departure for him, and I feel like he really put so much of himself into that role. And then you have a series of films where I felt like, what, what, what happened? Everybody heard the news, Mark. It was kind of funny that, like, apparently a lot of people thought that would kind of ruin Dreamgirls' Oscar for him was I'm Norbit. I'm fairly commi- committed to the idea that it did. Though, actually. didn't Norbit win an Oscar? For, like, no, I don't, something? Like, for it best, was... For best uh, makeup. Yeah, it was... I don't know, I know if, if it, it did. was nominated for Yeah, it, it was nominated. Irony. I don't know if it won, because I don't know if the... If, the Academy, the future Academy members would feel comfortable having Norbit mentioned anywhere, like, in the, you know. But anyway, please continue. Uh, I just wanted to mention that specific... Because uh, Eddie Murphy's reputation is now questionable. And you look at Eddie Murphy, you know, from Raw, and you look at Eddie Murphy Beverly from... Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills every, Cop. Every decade has a signature Eddie Murphy performance, and that's Dreamgirls for the last decade. So, you know, I'm hoping maybe he can skate off that... Because he can probably make an excellent host. He's more tolerable than than a Chris Rock. Yeah. On, the, on a PG thirteen level, because Chris Rock needs to work blue, otherwise we don't really have much. Yeah, it's one of his better things. Yeah. But uh. But anyway, you had another bit tidbit of movie news. Um, we're talking about the uh the Superman costume. Where's the bulge. underwear? The bulges. Yeah, the bulges. They. Damn. <laughs> the mantis are gone. And now he's just suiting. Well, just he's just got a regular, just blue. It's blue. The S is now in, like large again, um, which they. It's a weird. But there, I don't really. Is it a thong? Like it's a, kind a of thong more like for his ash. It's like more of like a. It has more of an alien pattern to it. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, it looks good. Yeah, you guys can't see it right now. Yeah, you guys can't see it. If you want to check it out, like it. It's on uh, such other website. It, it's on every website. Yeah. Now. yeah. Um, maybe at some point we'll put it on our own website. We'll have the pictures so you guys know what we're talking about. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I like, I like how it's shaping up. I, there is discussion that he won't be wearing the glasses in this one. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't Superman with Clark without the glasses. As long as he has that little tough, (laughs) little spit curl. Um, it looks like he kind of has one. Like, a little bit, but it won't be as pronounced. He looks kind of like a porn star to me. There's something about his face. Well, this is Henry Cavill from yeah. uh, The Immortals, which is known for its amazingly ridiculous trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was on the Tudor, or he was in the Tudors as right, well, uh, I, which I've never seen, but everyone uh, keeps likewise. talking about. Yeah. But I don't know. How, I mean, in general, how do you guys, are you guys psyched for the new Superman film? I am. I mean, I frankly. Don't care much one way or another. I've never been a big Superman fan. That's where you you guys you guys are both DC fans, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm more of a Marvel guy. Oh, um, oh my. But I I love Batman. Yeah. I just think it's been said a lot, and I think this does hold true that Superman is just not a very compelling character for the most part, and it takes a real a true artist like All Star Superman. Who did All Star Superman? Uh, Grant, Grant Morrison. Morrison. It takes somebody like Grant Morrison to really get to the bottom of what makes Superman work. But unlike Batman, Superman also doesn't have a host of incredibly memorable villains. He has some great ones. Yeah. I've always been a fan of, say, Metallo or uh, or Brainiac. Yeah. Brainiac's a oh, great yeah. villain. But overall, it's just not the most compelling gallery of rogues. And Zack Snyder stepping up, I mean, that's a whole other yeah, layer I, you know, of questions that I have. But I think he's going to do a good job. I was a big fan of Sucker Punch. I know a lot of people hate Sucker Punch. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remember... Yeah, me and Mark had a conversation. I remember this where I was just like, no, hang it. Because you didn't like Watchmen and I did. Right. 
And I was... And I don't like 300. Yeah, and, oh, nor 300. And I was really defending those films. And I was just like, you know, Sucker Punch, that'll be the one to, like, call it on. We'll see. And then I saw it. I just... I didn't care for it. Um, It just didn't work for me. But then all of a sudden, I was to Mark's previous podcast one time. Previous... I was going to say show, but it's podcast. <laughs> previous... You know, that sounds quite expletive deleted. Um, whatever that stuff you used to do. Um, uh, you were talking about like it was one one film you really liked, and that just utterly shocked me. Yeah, um, I really did. But no, I I'm gonna have faith in him. It it helps that the uh, the he's Nolans. Got a great cast. Yeah, he's got a great cast. He's got the Nolans are holding his hand through yes. it, yeah. and. Also, too, um, this actually just came out as well in relation to all this. So we always knew Christian Bale was signed on for three films. Right. We recently found out that in his contract also includes a team-up. He's con- he's contractually obligated to do another film uh, as long as it's a team-up with either Justice League or sure. Superman. Well, that could go... I could be in development hell for all we uh, know. Yeah, It could exactly. be in his contract and then it could and never, just never happened. Down. Yeah. But, Some of us are believers, Mark. Yeah. Some of us Well, do you believe. remember in I Am Legend they have Superman there's a, Batman yeah, Superman poster. Batman poster, yep. Yeah, I could see that happening. But, uh, After the world ends, there's going to be like... A, <laughs> yeah, that'll be planets. it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the big thing about that um, will be the fact that... And another thing to leech off of is in the last week, uh, DC relaunched their entire catalog. Um, every, every DC comic book went back to one. Interesting. Um, Booster Gold? That's fascinating. Uh, Booster lost a series. Oh. How did, um, basi- how did they, uh, they square uh, that away with the whole giant plot, the DC? What they did is they did this thing called Flashpoint. And within this story, Flashpoint, not going to do any spoilers, but time gets rewritten and then basically put back. Um, but it doesn't quite go back correctly. Um, it would be the best way I can put it. The relaunch is like the new Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Where you can go Lots back in time. Lens, lens, everyone's just pointing, you know, flashlights at the page. Um, <laughs> but uh, what happens is, is it's that idea like you can go back and like change history and then try to fix it, but it'll never be 100% mm-hmm. correct. Um, so, yeah, they relaunched everything. Uh, everything. Yes. Uh, wow. Action Comics number one comes out. Uh, Justice League number one came at midnight. And I was lucky enough to get it signed by the creators, uh, Jim wow. Lee and Jeff Johns. How was it? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was Green Lantern meeting Batman for the first time, and then those two meeting uh, Superman for the first time. Interesting. It was, it was, I think. That's a big. I think one of my favorite exchanges yeah. in the whole piece was uh, literally when you had green lantern just be look at batman and just be like so you don't have you don't have uh you, you can't fly so uh do you have super strength and batman just gives him that look and then he and then it just like basically green lantern put shit together in his head and it's just like wait you're just not a guy in a bat costume are you <laughs> and that's you know it's 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 got a really nice flow to it jeff johns has been doing uh Green Lantern for the past couple years and the yeah, Flash. He's one of the best comic books yeah, in the world. He's also the head guy right now. And then Grant Morrison, your boy Grant Morrison, is taking over regular continuity Superman. My boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> your boy. But uh, he's taking over uh, uh, Action Comics. Um, nice. And Good they're, for him. And so they're basically also the big changes, which also is syncing up with the film universe and the movie universe, is first off, no mantis in the comics anymore. All the little swimsuits, mm-hmm. they're out. 
they're gone. Not a bad loss. Um, really. But the uh, Batman will have notably become uh, Batman years before Superman did. Huh. Further, well, like... That was interesting. Like, apparently Batman was always Batman, like, maybe three years before Superman was mm. revealed. This time, he's been Batman maybe, like, seven or eight interesting. years. Wow. Um, which actually fits in with continuity, you know, mm. within the films. To um, some degree, because yeah. the films never stayed a specific timeline. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, basically at the end of the day, it's it's great if you want to, hey, if it's time for you to start. If you ever wanted to get back into comic books and you're just like, this is too much crap to catch up on, this is that time right now with Justice League 1 came out. You don't even need to buy the Flashpoint business. Just jump right in at Justice League 1 and go through, look on the list, see what ones you want to grab, what ones pique your interest. There's, like I said, there's like four Bat books, four or five. They're releasing a uh, African Batman um part of his uh it's a batwing who's a guy down in who fights crime basically in africa part of batman's incorporated thing um new okay. teen titan we'll new see how that yeah goes. i i'm excited i'm a comic book nerd so yeah there's that so uh gabe huh gabe you got anything any movie any anything you're excited for um not really well i mean just uh just only thing i'm pumped for this coming season is the return of my sitcoms such as um community which is the i think the best um, sitcom on TV right now besides the Looney Tunes show and there actually is some news for Community yeah um, uh, yeah. Um, recently they found out that um, not only is Omar from The Wire joining the show but also the John Goodman is coming on the show as a rival dean I believe the dean of the air conditioning school <laughs> um, the, the prestigious Greendale air conditioning school so I'm, I'm really excited about that also it turns Omar out that um, yeah it's The Wire <laughs> And I Omar's think, um, coming. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, apparently, Steven Soderbergh looks a lot like um, the Dean from Community. I did not know that. Dean Petten? Yeah, yeah, did not know that. Well, that's really about my news. I mean, I found out that um, in Jane Campion's, uh, what's that, Sleeping Beauty? It's Jane Campion's yeah, Project. Yeah, Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. The one with... Emily Browning of yes. Sucker Punch. Yes. Um, yeah, it looks really pervy. All my news is pervy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the trailer for, uh, yeah. the trailer for Sleeping Beauty about... is really, uh, really yeah. something. It looks, it's, it's very it looks disturbing. Kind of really, kind of, like, really artfully <coughs> disturbing. Yeah, it does. Oh, wait, that's also, all my news is all, everything I'm saying is weirdly rapey. Let's, let's move on, please. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, we're going to take I'm a... I'm a gentleman, I swear. <laughs> we're going to take a little break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to review... John Madden's new film, The Debt. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut him down tell him that We're God's back, baby dolls. I'm uh, Gabriel Balswick-Marov, my good friends, my compatriots, Cody Robinson and Mark Jarofsky. That's definitely a rapey game. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on. The baby dolls. The baby dolls. Oh, dude, really, keep me in check. <laughs> we'll right. work it out. Uh, thanks for coming back. Um, this week we're reviewing the film The Debt by John from John Madden. Um, it's produced by uh, Matthew Vaughn. No, was written it? by Matthew Vaughn, uh, Jane Goldman. Actually, can we pull that up? 
Uh, One moment, everyone. We yeah, have no, um, the, the well, technology at our fingertips to tell you what we need to know about. Exactly. I, well, it was a Marv film. A Marv film? Yeah, it had the uh, the Marv title. Oh, is that is that uh, Goldman? I mean, I'm sorry. Is that a uh, Vaughn Studio? Yeah, I, I'm I pretty sure because that was right, that was before the Kickass. Kick yeah, right. Well, while Cody looks up the info to prove me wrong, I it's a remake of an Israeli film that came out in 2007. Ha Hova. Ha, yep. Also known as The Debt, which is the translation here. I'll give you a spoiler-free summary if that's okay with you guys. Go ahead. Um, film cuts between two time periods, one in 1965 or 66, one in 1997. It follows three Mossad agents, played by Jessica Chastain, Sam Worthington, and Mar is it Martin Skokas? Or Chokas? I can't. Chokas? He's the bad guy from Triple X. Unfortunately, that's what he's known for. But he's actually quite a talented actor. Uh, it's, they play the young Mossad agents who go into West Germany, which is under Soviet control, in order to extract uh, an infamous Nazi doctor known as the. the is it the Surgeon of Birkenau? Yeah, yeah the Surgeon of Birkenau. The Surgeon of Birkenau, who's known for performing horrific experiments on the Birkenau inmates, uh, and they make, they manage to capture him, and then the second time period takes place in 1997, where you have three adults, the Mossad agents, and they're in the bloom, like the late years of their lives, played by Helen Mirren, uh, Tom Wilkinson, and Kieran Hines, and they find out that the act of capturing this Nazi criminal, which... You know, they were oh. considered heroes for maybe more questionable than they thought. Exactly. Enough said. Yep. The trailer gives away more than I did. Huh? Wasn't, it, wasn't, it, yeah. wasn't yeah. it East Germany or was it West Germany? Was it East Germany? East. It was East, East. East Germany. Yeah, because East Germany yeah, is yeah, uh, I'm sorry, it's East Germany. Soviet controlled. Anyways, time. so was it produced by Matthew Yes, Matthew Vaughn was okay. the, the And who wrote it? it? Um, the writers. I know Vaughn wrote it. Was, it. Yep, it was Vaughn, Goldman, and uh, Peter Strassen. Strassen? Strassen? Yeah, I... Never heard of him, man. Strogan? Uh, Strogan? I am terrible with pronouncing. Oh, he uh, was a writer on Men Who Stare at Goats, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Basically, movies. Not with... a bad pedigree, actually. No, oh, like. good, actually. You know, but not stellar films. And he's. Oh, he's also the writer on Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That's big. That is uh, the new Gary Oldman film that everyone's really talking yeah. about. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so the debt. The debt. Um, we're due, we start out spoiler free. So you can still listen in if you uh, don't want to be spoiled. Right. Spoiled. Spoiled. There you go. That's the word. That's that's the word now. Don't want to be spoiled. It's ours. Um. So Gabe, give us uh, give us your two cents. What do you think about the film? All right. Um. I will. I will give a small but delicate spoiler. Um. Yes, you do get to see Helen Mirren in a slip. It's it's great. Yeah. She has a lovely body for... Oh, man, should we stop talking? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 please, please go no, on. No, no, you can talk about Helen Mirren. That's fine. Oh, yeah, that no, woman is, yeah, that's the other direction. That's that, great. She's That woman, like, that... She's yeah, not that, even a gilf. Like, that's the grandma I want to make love to. Like, yeah, I would give her a ring. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, the debt, I was um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised by it, personally. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really that interested in seeing it. I'm not a big um, historical, you know, kind of... Spy kind of thing. Not this really, is not barely really. historical. But yeah, well, you know. Right. So I, 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 but I was pretty, pretty surprised about how much I enjoyed it. Um, I was really impressed by the performances above all else. I'm not a big Sam Worthington guy. I mean, I get it. He's kind of stone faced, generally, but he did a great job of this. I felt it's one of his best performances I've seen yet. Um, Jessica Chastain. I would just, I would, I would sell my soul for her. She's amazing. 
Um, she was really like a big highlight for Tree of Life for me. But um, the devs, I, I enjoyed it for quite a good deal. The end for me, Oof. that that was, I don't know. I that's where it started to lose me just a little bit. But um, as it comes down to it, uh, just a, a pretty excellent thriller. I mean, for most of it, I enjoyed. Okay, Mark. Um, well, Cody. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'll just bring it out into the open. Naturally, and this is a bias that I have. I'm Jewish, so <gasps> films about I know it's uh, it's such a surprise. Oh my goodness. Um, so films about Jews definitely have an effect on me, and this is interesting to me that because I was familiar with the exploits of Nazi hunters following World War II and the Holocaust, and obviously this is a fictional story, but the I, idea I, to me was fascinating. I think it's uh, it's important to kind of point out it's a, a cinematic soulmate would really be Munich. Yes. Very but it's so. like Munich's. It, it's a. It's, it's, a, it's like Munich's. Better dressed. God brother. held back in yeah. in like, like first middle grade, school, yeah. first grade uh, little brother. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Vaughn's uh, script spells everything out. Very okay. Well, I not to let me just get back to. So clearly, yeah. I was affected by it at first because I was interested in the kind of what this was bringing to the conversation of, you know, sort of. How do these fresh-faced recruits face such a rooted evil? Because, frankly speaking, while the performance of... Uh, is it Dieter Vogel? Dieter Vogel, yeah. the surgeon yeah. of Bergenau, who's played by... Uh, Cody, help me out here. Uh, uh, Jesper Christensen. I'm... I'm familiar with him. He was in he, he has a familiar He was in, he was oh, in he the, was uh, the James Bond films. For a little films. bit. For yeah. a little bit. In the first two, right? Yeah, he plays Mr. White. Right. Okay, so he's fantastic, and I think some of the best parts of the film involve, because the recruits are sort of, and stop me if this is spoilerish in yeah. any way, but the recruits are sort of split down where Jessica Chastain is just, you know, she's there and she has a life outside of this mission that she's carrying on. Martin Chokas is sort of the gun-ho guy who wants to bring... This guy to justice. He's, but he's the roguish. Yeah, type. he's the roguish. Very like he has ambitions beyond this this sort of mission. He just takes takes advantage of any situation that comes his way. But Sam Worthington, and he's good for this role, even though he's not given a lot to work with and he doesn't have a lot of depth as an actor. But he's good for this role. He his whole family has apparently perished in the Holocaust, Gabe. Um, well, finish your thought first. Okay, his whole family has perished in the Holocaust, and he doesn't appear to have. He's actually the most interesting character, but he's not given a lot to do. He doesn't have any aim beyond capturing this guy and bringing him to justice. So he's... The conversations, two key conversations between Sam Worthington and Dieter Vogel are actually some of the most interesting in the film, and they're so much more impactful, or were to me, than any other point in the film. More tense and more thought-provoking because the conversations are between a man who's exterminated Jews and a man who's who came down to find this Nazi and show him that the people of Israel, which is built upon a mass of contradictions yeah. and a mass of like historical, the history of Israel is fascinating because it's a country that's so conflicted and it's built out of this great grief. And now they're coming after the men who caused so much harm to the eventual citizens of Israel to show them that the Jews aren't animals and to bring them to justice, as opposed to the Nazi approach would be to find these men and murder them, and there's no example to be made out of them, but because of the Nuremberg trials and these major world events where the world was watching what Israel would do to these men, you know, there was this desire to foster justice. 
And that que- that sense of justice is questioned in these conversations where Vogel is just saying, why do you, uh, why are you prolonging my death? You know I'm going to die after this trial. Why, why go through the sham? And you could see Worthington's sort of morals starting a little bit to crumble. And then the movie just totally forgets about it. Yeah. Because it's too busy sort of reestablishing how good they were. Yeah. With that awful, awful third act that we'll talk yeah. about later. Um, Gabe, um, Gabe, you had a you point. Had a, yeah. I had a point, but actually I might have heard Cody's thoughts on it first. Um, for me, I, I really did enjoy the film. It, uh, I think, I, I was actually very much, I remember when the trailer first came out a year ago. Because this, uh, it's also oh, it's should be noted that this film was finished, I think, sometime, yeah, early in 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a really long time just to get its release. And I've been waiting for this film for a really long time. I'm a big fan of, uh, actually, the the older actors were the ones. I'm a, I really like Tom Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Helen Mirren, I just. Without a doubt. With, I don't. Oh, yeah. Sexiest. You know, like woman over like forty in Hollywood. She's also a decent actress. Oh, and an amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh, she she acts. Um, and uh, the one the See, well, K- Karen Hines. Karen Hines. Karen Hines. Karen Hines, who I'll always remember from. Uh, for me, it, he'll always be from Some of All Fears, where he played the Russian president. Oh yeah. Um, where he really brought a lot of like gravitas to. Silly it's movie. a little role and a silly movie. Um, but he, I mean, he's played. I mean, he's Irish um, born, he's but played. He's like um, Cliff Curtis. Yeah, Cliff yeah, Curtis could yeah. Be anything. Who, who's played? He everybody. can play any shade of white, basically. Yeah. Um, Cliff Curtis plays any shade of brown. brown. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like a Training Day. I'm like, whoa, that guy isn't you know a yeah. Latino badass. That was. Yeah. I love Cliff Curtis. If I could, I'd love yeah. to make a movie with Cliff Curtis and but, other uh, actors that I like. But yeah, those Please. those three guys. Um, they're actors that like really bring a lot of gravity to the role mm-hmm. and a lot like really bring it down. And um, I really just enjoyed their interactions with each other. I wish, I really wish we could have seen, I could have had Tom Wilkinson and uh, is it Kieran? Yeah. Kieran. Kieran, like in a scene together, like they only oh. share a scene, which we'll get into spoiler territory. Crucial scene. But um, just even the way the men who probably weren't even sitting in the same area, just, had that look at it just it it spoke volumes i really did like the film i thought to a slight degree it's it's borderline it it feels almost like a play mm. you know and you know with if you like edit out a few scenes like you could because a lot of it thing. sits like the second act is entirely in one location right. almost um I, uh then as far as worthington goes yeah this is worthington at his best. I, I've actually always kind of, I wouldn't say the biggest fan, but I've always known there, there's something there. I get what people see. I get, or I get what filmmakers see in him. Um, I understand. He smiles. There's actually, you don't see him genuinely smile in a lot of movies. Yeah. But he, um, his, his, his David, his, when he would actually legitimately smile or laugh, I'm like, wow, he can act. Yeah. Yeah. He has, uh, these little facial expressions that I guess he didn't really get much of a chance to show off in the bigger movies that he's done. But Class here there's tense. moments where... Oh, mm-mm. <laughs> uh, there's moments in these movies where... I mean, this movie where he shares looks with Jessica Chastain that are really... Just... Beautiful yeah. people looking at each other is always going to be good for cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. And Jessica Chastain, of course, is like a pixie fairy... That bone structure. Yes. <laughs> um, You know, like, she's just... She uh, really I want to drink her blood and get drunk. Yeah. Fairy woman. 
All right, then. <laughs> Continue to be rapey. I was make- <laughs> I'm pretty sure after this podcast is done, they'll put a warning on your arrest. Yeah, that's about right. But, no, Jessica Chastain, the thing about her is that she she has that knowledgeable innocence to her. Mm-hmm. Um, where she, she comes across as, like, someone who's fresh-faced but not, not naive to the yeah. ways. Yeah. And she's also, I mean... She finds things in her performance that probably weren't necessarily on the page, I feel like. Yeah. Which is, which is a great job. But that kind of makes me to that point I wanted to make. Um, so, um, it's not spoiled, I don't feel. How did, you guys feel ab- how did you guys feel about the love story aspect of it? Because for me, it, it kind of, it, a lot of it worked, but there was a lot of real, it kind of came off a little awkward. I don't know if that was the writing or if that was... It was appropriately tragic. Yeah. I would put I it. Agreed. Um, I, you know, it... it it was used really as an illustration to show how um, tore down David is. Like he just has no interactions. Like he's just he's just terrible at looking at the future and looking for himself. You know he has to. I mean, there's references later on, which we'll get to, is that mm. he became a drug abuser at one point and or some uh, possibly yeah. suffering from. It almost yeah. seemed like he was suffering from maybe. Alzheimer's or some other debilitating Yeah, he was... Maybe, I don't... Well, um, he he actually literally says a line about... She's like, you know, the drugs and whatnot. Right. Yeah, he obviously... I don't... I feel... I guess for me, I feel like there's 20 to... There's 15 to 20 minutes cut out of this movie. Somewhere that could... Can you say rushed? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a specific moment that we should probably talk about where it suddenly jumps and becomes... It really clarifies the, the relationships all of a sudden. Like, go Mark. Do you want me to? Yeah, go, go, go. Okay, Gody. Um, but this is gonna this does go into spoiler territory though. Um, just keep it light. Okay. I th- well, I know what you're talking, know what about, so talking about. Talk around there's a scene it. Where Martin, a lot of Martin Chogas knows how to play piano. Yes. And there's a scene where Jessica Chastain is trying to bang out um, Moonlight Sonata. Moonlight Sonata. And he sits down next to her. It's after. And, and of course we can say it's not. Scene. It's not. It's not super. But she's just been rejected, more or less, emotionally by David. Yes. And so, Stefan... It's literally the next scene. Right, Stefan. Yeah. It's literally the next scene. Oh, and Jessica Chastain's character's name is Rachel. So, it's Rachel, David, and Stefan. Yeah. Um, And it literally is the next scene. And it feels so... Like, something's missing. Yeah, it really does. Because it's, it's... I understand that emotions run high. But given how slowly the film progresses and it does have a slow pace for about the first 40 minutes to suddenly have us jump into this switch up and i mean it's dramatic but Mm. it also feels a little trite i i guess i i have to sort of disagree on that one i actually that was one of my favorite scenes Mm. well i thought that scene's amazing um well no like even even the jump like from his rejection to her playing the piano because he's just sitting in the other room and, you know, like it's it's their equivalent of like hearing your best friend have sex with the girl that you like, like hearing it. And it's just but they're doing it with piano because it's hurting him. You yeah, because he actually acts. Yeah, he does the shit out of that. Yeah, shit. like because they do they do this really cool like cut between where you see Sam Worthington, David sitting in the kitchen listening to her like plunk on the piano mm. and she's crying. And then Stefan Martin's character comes in. And sits next to her and He's starts a much more capable yeah, piano and starts player. playing really well with her, and you know you can tell obviously where it's going, and you can see as they cut back to David. David knows where this is going to, and he's going to, he's basically knows what he just screwed up, 
you know. Now that you, when you're describing it, I mean, and I'm thinking back to it, it does seem more effective, but it seems more effective as a standalone scene, as opposed to if I think about what follows that scene and what comes before it, yeah, it's a little exactly. less effective. Yeah, that's, now that I'll agree with. I think it's just, there has to be a little bit chopped out of this film. I'd love to see Hahova to like yeah, compare. Like, yeah, I, I, it's I am as well. It should, I, I hope it'll be different, especially when it comes to the third um, act of the death. And we, we, should, we really do. We briefly, um, we briefly talked about this. How do you feel about um, basically? Um, oh, uh, the, the Jewish, yeah, yeah, Jewish actors, yeah, yeah, Jews. being I the think, resident Jew in the, the I house. I actually don't mind that at all. I think, frankly speaking, it's I like what Tarantino did with Inglorious Bastards recast just a lot of Jews and had Brad Pitt lead them, which, really, <laughs> which worked for me. And there is an amazing satisfaction to watching Eli Roth machine gun Hitler's head into meatball <laughs> sauce. But uh, all things considered, I think, I hope that we're past the point where we need, I'm not saying we shouldn't treat the subject with reverence, mm -hmm. just like we should treat any subject with reverence. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to accept that whoever fits the role fits the role. And I understand why these stars needed to be, well, stars is a strong word for, a, for some of them, but they're definitely strong actors and the older cast are celebrated veterans. Mm -hmm. And I understand, you know, why that, that had to be done. And I don't know if the film would have gotten made because you, and frankly speaking, I'm sure John Madden looked at the Israeli film and he was like, there's already a film that literally has an all Israeli cast, yeah. all Jewish cast. I mean, mm -hmm. this, we're not, you know what I mean? It's, we're not making any missteps here. And I, there's only really a couple of times. It's, I guess it would be like, a lot of people had issues with The Last Samurai because they yeah. misunderstood the title. It wasn't yeah. referring to Tom Cruise. It was referring to The Last of the Ken Samurai. Wa yeah, Ken Watanabe. But they definitely didn't, yeah. don't have that issue where you yeah. cast someone who totally, you don't have an outsider sort of part of the Mossad who's like, oh, what are all these Jewish things that you guys are doing? <laughs> See, and I, I can live with that because I don't need that. That's not yeah. something that interests me. <laughs> Kugel? What's a Kugel, guys? <laughs> What are those there's funny been, hats? Considered, <laughs> there's been plenty of uh, movies with, you know, Jewish actors, and the, the Jews are well represented enough. So I'm yeah. not gonna harp on the fact that oh my God, there's no movies exploring. There's too many movies and too many books and too many plays and too much everything exploring Jewish identity because we're neurotic people. We need to chill out and just you know have the world take it easy. I'm glad they also don't. Uh, Un, like don't go overboard but like it's israel and mm -hmm. like it's just israel it's a country it's not like it's israel the land of the jews there's <laughs> 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 none of that and i really appreciated that he played it cool and you get to see that it's israel you see the israeli flag you see the mm -hmm. people they look israeli as yeah. much as israelis could look yeah and unlike munich which while more ambiguous i understand the munich needed to mm -hmm. remind us why they were doing this mission yeah the debt isn't about that the yeah. debt is more of Kind of like a unfinished conversation about yeah. what it means to go after someone so evil and so morally corrupt. Okay, well while you're while you're there, um, uh, uh, Dieter Vogel, um, Jesper Christensen's character, um, the most we, we, character yeah, the obviously, and movie. just a very just probably the strongest actor in oh, the, yeah. the entire piece. Yeah, definitely. Um, who is in fact himself German, I believe actually. Yeah, he is German. Yeah. And he uh he has an almost an understated like Hannibal Lecter's quality to him. Because it's there are disturbing. moments of yeah. likability to him. Yeah, there really and, are. And there are moments of sympathy as well. Exactly. And you know, when uh 
when he's, uh, for example, when he's just asking them about his wife, like he just wants to make sure his mm-hmm. wife's okay. Yeah. You know, he knows what's going to happen to him, but is his wife fine? Um, which you're almost just like, I think we should, the monster is a human. Oh, uh, not yet. Let's just, no? let's, yeah. let's, okay. uh, we'll wrap this up with this okay, conversation. Sure, sure. But this just the last big point. Um, and I, I just really want your two cents on it too, actually going back. Cause you like I said, a resident Jew, when we do Filipino film, we can do game. Amigo when it comes yeah. to Amigo. <laughs> oh, I saw Amigo. Is it good? It is good. Is but, it made uh, by a white man? It is made by a white man, but he it's made with a Filipino crew. It's made with... Uh, well, so is most of the, now. That's true. That. But most of the film is in... Uh, help me out here. The Philippines? No, the, the language. The language oh, is, Tagalog. Yes. Okay. And it stars the most famous Filipino actor. Yeah, he's like actor. a superstar. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> So we'll cover it. So, uh, but Maybe. anyway, um, <laughs> no, but the, what I was getting at is the, uh, fact that there's, there's a scene where he's talking with David's character and, uh, the whole, like, in his very powerful scene, it was probably it's the the pivotal scene, yeah, really. where he says, where he starts talking about, you know, it, it the cowardice. So, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so easy. You know, this is why we took you people like it, why everyone goes after you. You're just such easy targets. Um, you know, like there, how could this is, you know, how a hundred men or a hundred men could be led into the shower by four soldiers. Right. Um, if one of them were just strong enough to stand up, you know, maybe, but they would never would. Um, which is just an extremely powerful scene. And and, and mildly thought provoking, you know, yeah, to that whole, I mean, it happens all the time, not just with the Jews, right, but yeah. Yeah. you know, that whole, you know, hundreds can get taken down by the few just out of fear. Yeah, the movie really stuck with me. I mean, I didn't expect it to. I mean, watching a lot of movies, some just just blow past, but I, yeah. I just kept on thinking about it. I mean, let's after. yeah, let's do our wrap up thoughts. Uh, okay, would sure. you, you know, well, before what, we get to spoil, before we get to spoil, ask me. Well, I guess you know, like scene. how you know, did you feel any kind of emotional resonance about that? Well, when he was talking about because this is particularly your people. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. Um, well, frankly speaking, and I guess this is not really that surprising because I'm sure a lot yeah. of people go through this. If you're yeah. Jewish, you end up looking at the Holocaust and you end yeah. up wondering how this could have happened because we have distance from it now. So we mm-hmm. can examine it because there's such a wealth of documents. Huh? And well, first of all, there there are noted levels of resistance. So yeah. it's not... Oh, of course. The idea of, just like any other people, the yeah. idea of Jews heading, yeah. just heading with their heads down into mm-hmm. gas chambers is overblown yeah people fought and people yeah. died yeah but the reality was you starve people out yeah. you you crush them morally and you know it's like any other time in history when a massive when a massacre happens yeah. when a when a genocide happens you wipe out their humanity or yeah. attempt to yeah. and this scene had an effect on me but not as strong as i maybe would have expected it posed yeah. an interesting question but i wish the rest of the movie i mean that question to yeah. me was i guess it's a it's it's almost like a series of questions, but I'll try to keep it short. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's he's challenging David. Vogel is challenging David to, to I guess prove him wrong. He he's not even so much inciting anger in this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't expect David. He expects yeah. David to be passive. Yeah. And when David, David's actions actually, you know what? I'll save this for the spoiler mm-hmm. territory. Yeah. It's a really key scene, yeah. and we should really talk. Okay. About all right. It. Then so everybody just wrap up. up. Um, Mark, you're what. What well, pre-spoiler, like, would you would you recommend this film? Uh, Cody, I would tentatively. Okay. I, I think you should probably just watch the first 
75 minutes. <laughs> and you just turn it off and you, it's a great film and you can go home and you'll be like, wow, this is a really good movie. It ended so ambiguously. <laughs> yeah. And if you watch the whole yeah. 105 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Gabe? I agree with Mark. I'm, uh, I would recommend it if uh, someone was like, hey, I really like this kind of thing. I mean, if I see like Munich on the shelf, then sure, check it out. Mm. But I wouldn't, I would not, I did not run out of there saying, man, you got to see this. It's, it's like very, um, hey, if you're into it, check it out. Yeah. It's, it's enjoyable. And, and I, uh, I agree with Gabe. Uh, this movie has stuck with me. Certain scenes, little mm. moments, like, has really stuck with me in the way a lot of films. It's been a real bad junk food summer. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, maybe that has something to do with it, too. It has something to say, like this and Bellflower before it. Bellflower. Um, which, they're, you know, these, these are films that they're, you know, they're steak and potatoes. The other things have been cotton candy. You know, like this. Or this... worse, a glass. Yeah, <laughs> green lantern. <laughs> Chewing glass. Fish. Yeah. But uh, no, this film actually has depth to it, and you know, and Intention. strong acting. It generates and tension, which is unusual. And... I haven't seen a thriller in a long time that actually was able to generate tension. That yeah. Came out in the last like couple of years. Exactly. So yeah, no, I uh, I would actually, I would openly recommend this film not to ev obviously you know you never get everybody but it would definitely neo-nazis would probably not <laughs> appreciate it so much but uh yeah maybe but definitely scenes yeah yeah but it would be it's, it's a movie you could recommend to your parents yeah oh, that's, that's well what put. this is well this put. is a movie you can recommend to mom and dad and be like and they'd be like oh look, oh, look how mature they are <laughs> so uh yeah um definitely so all right Moving on to the Moving on. territory. From here on out, it's spoilers. If you don't want to know anymore, turn us off. Get out the room. Definitely the movie, tune in for the next episode. And then come back. Well, yeah, well, no, always come back. Don't. Don't leave <laughs> us. Don't. Don't. I got, I have issues, man. I can't, you can't be going on me already. But no, uh, just come back. Go see the movie. Go pay your $15 or whatever. Come on back and then press play starting now. Now. <laughs> Okay, so everyone gonna, dies at the end. I'm gonna jump. That's Jesus. not true. I'm gonna jump right <laughs> in uh, with the scene. So Vogel is challenging David, who's the more passive out of the three, and David flips out and really beats him half to death, and he has to yeah. be dragged away again. Some good acting from Worthy. And also, yeah. too, not also don't forget when he friggin' elbows Jessica Chastain yeah. and like right. Rachel, like because she tries to stop him, and he just is such a violent fury. Yeah, but. His actions cause Vogel to get a piece of a shard of the plate that he breaks yeah, and to cut himself open, and that outburst of no, violence. not cut his, uh, cut the uh, cut right, the rope. Cut the ropes. Yeah, I mean, and cut Jessica himself Chastain's free. Yes. Jessica Chastain's beautiful face yeah. and escape. Yeah, and the whole the movie hinges on the fact they supposedly killed him. She did. She yeah. killed him with this incredible final moment where she pulled herself up after he beat the shit out of her, and she fired a shot that killed this. Nazi yeah. criminal. The, in reality, he just escapes and disappears, and they find out he's hiding out in Ukraine, possibly. So, yeah. because Tom Wilkinson is in a wheelchair, he's yeah. confined to a wheelchair, and who's now he's now one of the directors of Mossad. And Karen Hines walked in front of a truck. Yeah, um, I didn't realize he killed himself for the record. I just I thought oh, it was really? an accident at first. I didn't oh, realize. Yeah, no, he because uh, that's that's what I was talking about earlier on. Is a big scene for me is. Uh, this basically Mossad agent shows up at the uh, elder David's house and you know, he's like, you've been expecting me and they go, they go to walk down to a car. David sees Tom Wilkinson or right played by, or uh, Stefan played by Tom Wilkinson. Right. They make that, they have a brief exchange of glances. And then all of a sudden you see 
David look into the street and a bus just pile drives into him. Yeah, he you just know? walks right into it. He just walk, walk into it. Into it. Wait, wait, this weird, weird thing for me, um, this is not, not, not even spoilery. I, for me, um, Martin looks a lot more like, like, Kieran Hines looks like a lot more to me, to Martin, than vice versa. Um, Tom Wilkinson to me looks like an older um, Sam Worthington. Really? I, I think I they were really that's so reversed well. for me. I yeah. think Tom Wilkinson is just a little, his face... Excuse me, his cheeks are a little bigger. Yeah, so, I, I, well, I can see Sam Worthington pudging out into that, whereas yeah. um, like Martin would uh, would just would, would I don't go, know, like cave in and sculpt a little. I bit. don't know if Tom Wilkinson could play David. I, think I don't. He's yeah, just that, a that, more. That'd be, that'd be he, it's a too. It's a it, honestly, it's a bit too simplistic of a performance, which yeah. might be why why Karen Hines is so is in so little of the movie. Because he's, he's, he's what ideas. little he has though. He's, he's brilliant. It's effective. It's in effective. his face, just his eyes. Just there's like there's such like pain in his eyes. But I just I just want to go back to the to the scene yeah. where mm-hmm. that outburst of violence is yeah. what causes that's an inciting incident for what caused all their troubles. Yeah. What do you make of that? Because I'm actually now that I'm thinking about it more and more, I'm having trouble figuring out what the movie's trying to say with that. Is it that violence begetting violence is wrong, or is it that? What what is the point of that? Well, scene? I mean, I think it's it's and- crucial to also just wrap up. I mean, people who just sat through spoilers just want to hear the rest of it. It's it's crucial to point out that at the end of the film, he is in Russia. He isn't, or is Ukraine, in Ukraine in Kiev. He is, yeah, he's in the Ukraine uh, when he after he escaped. Somehow he ended yeah, up horrible, in the Ukraine. Horrible third act. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just take and us through it. Take us through it. They uh, basically Tom Wilkinson. Uh, Stefan finds Rachel. Him and Rachel had a child together. Um, they ended up. Uh, she got pregnant. Cons- yeah, she got pregnant they when they had yeah sex at the uh, after the <laughs> intercourse <laughs> after the piano moment. Yes, they uh, they slept together for the first time, and then they had kind of a sham marriage that just for the kid and it never really worked out. Mm-hmm. She never really loved him. But um, so another big point too is that her their daughter Stefan and Rachel's daughter wrote a book about the three which has just been published and to much acclaim right and by this and, point they're already heroes they're yeah and they're, they're considered, considered heroes yeah. because they Legends. told everybody that they just killed him that it was when they returned in, yeah in when 60, they when they came the back 60s. yeah when they came back in 66 they told the uh, musad that they were killed that or that they killed him right and, and they they, they, they the, got rid of the body exactly. and they were considered heroes and she always tells this story over and over again about her the strength of her mother who had been killed uh, during she the holocaust she says when she right she says when i was lying there after he beat me yeah. the only reason yeah. i could think to get up was, was my, my mother, mother. in reality she, she just, never she got was up knocked out and so they continue to live this lie um which now their daughter Stefan and Rachel's daughter now has written like i said this book about mm-hmm. and what comes out is that he is David probably found him. David probably knows David where he is. Disappeared. And David disappeared. He told her he was going to travel the world, yeah. but in reality he, he was, was hunting. searching. Yeah. yeah. And he comes to her right before he kills himself after 30 years of not seeing each other and says that, you know, basically like would have been different if I had stayed because he, before he left on this journey, he asked her to go with him. And she said no. And she said, it doesn't matter. It's the past. And then he comes back with, you know, like, well, I need to tell the truth. Like, he needs to tell mm-hmm. the truth. And she says, it's done. It's over with. You just can't. Um. So then he kills himself. Tom Wilkinson basically brings up to her that, yes, they may have found him. Not only that, but he may 
have spoken to a journalist. Yes, and maybe he maybe in the process yep. speaking to a journalist that will effectively reveal the whole exactly. Thing. So the whole third act is her going to Kiev, finding out where he is, Helen breaking Mirren in and Helen Mirren. Right. Um, Helen Mirren's Rachel uh, breaking in, finding him, and then finding out that they do the whole switcheroo where she finds the guy, but he's just a crazy old guy. But as she's about ready to leave, she looks up and holy crap, it's him. That was just, I was furious. I was like, wait. And they chase down and they get into this. It's like grumpy old men. It's, (laughs) it literally, yeah, it's, it's like. They have this really. Think of that really awesome, sexy fight scene from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now geriatricify that. It's and that's, a ridiculous it's just, scene uh, where he it's it's such It's like di- the old people fight in Family Guy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Not even that, but it's such a deflating scene because it reinforces the fact that Vogel's a monster. Yeah. He yeah. was a complex character before, then suddenly he's this madman with a scalpel going after her. It was scissors. Scissors. Oh, it was scissors. Yeah. I really and yeah, I really wished. Like I he understand why that scene is there. Like I get it. It was. It's an emotion. It's a. It's a resolution, but it's not yeah, really the one I wanted. It's an emotional payoff because he beats her again. Yep. And she's on the ground again. This mm-hmm. time she finds the strength. Yes, to get up. exactly. She, does she murders she, him. Oh, she does get up and stab yeah. him. After yeah. Yeah. She stab. murders him. Yeah. She finally she, injects him. And the same the time, she writes. She time? has time to write a note to the journalist. It's a. Oh, it's absurd. Yeah. It really hurts. She yeah, like she's running really fast to like get to this guy's room, but has enough time to write like a pa- like a four a page like reveal reveal like, like what happened. It, it really that me. really that did too. Really, because that third act is set up so well. Like she goes there, and it's really tense. Is she gonna find yeah. him? What is she gonna do? Yeah. And then you have this like literally the last ten minutes. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Took the film down a couple of grades. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was just. Oh, there he is. Wait, because we can resolve it after all. I'm wait, so wait. confused by what the movie's trying to say. I think... I don't know. Is it the good... Like, I'm really confused by it. I'm, I'm genuinely interested to... What, what do you, like, I mean, it was for, an entertaining film. Yeah. But what is it trying to say... In, like, what's the I feel this is. I feel this is a Matthew, Bra- a Matthew Vaughn problem. Because I felt Kick-Ass had this... Excuse me, a similar issue. Yes, that didn't really well, have a message well, to some degree. Well, no, but it, it, but what it was trying to do was like we're making fun of superhero movies, right? But then at the end of the film, it gets serious. It gets serious. Not only that, does it get serious, but it gets superheroy as yeah, hell. Like you know, pack. the jetpack that always like took it out, took you so out of the film. Um, and this is, I would say, the last ten minutes are this film's. Jet, like that letter is this film's jetpack. It's an undoing. It, it's where it's trying. It, it's been setting up these very interesting, like kind of tried but true mm-hmm. story bits, and but at the end, it just basically shits the bed. I don't really know any For other way to put it. For a film that looks at violence, is the apparently the wrong thing. Wrong to thing do. to it do. Seems yeah. to thrive in the last ten minutes. I'm like this violent vengeance. Yeah, like it's awkward. weird to me. It's really awkward. And well, in a weird way, like you know, obviously she. Because, yeah, because at this point, she told the truth. Yeah, right. She it's told the story. Why, it's like, over. You know, I mean, the she thing is. She seems to kill him out of necessity to survive, but at the same time, why would he. Like, she, what's the, why did she chase him? Like, she, all, she, all they needed to do was to see each other and then realize that the other one exists still. Yeah, it could and be then a walk, lot more ambiguous. Because, because the truth is, I mean, it still happens. There was, what, a few, or like a year ago, what was that? That 90 year old Nazi war criminal got caught. You know, we still I'm yeah blank, yeah. There was uh, like it was about a year ago, give or take, and so I mean they still are prosecuting what few are left. You know, so it's not like he still couldn't have stood trial, which that's all David wanted. And there's an all David wanted. Oh, I'm thinking about like, this now. This is bothering me so much. See, there's an absurd <laughs> moment where he's like, oh, so you're he's standing there with the bloody scissors standing over her, yeah. and he's like, 
it looks like you've come back. Yeah. That journalist couldn't have kept his mouth shut. Now I'm going to shut it up for him, something like that? I don't remember. And I'm like... Oh, no, he was talking about the old guy. Because he was... Oh. Because he's... No, what he says is he's been talking too much to the his roommate. Right. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, and that, that makes guy, a yeah, lot more that sense. That guy is just... Because I thought later on... No, that guy just has dementia. A 90-year-old man is going to go like... Murder people yeah. to keep the secret? The no, dead no, no, too? no, no, no. <laughs> Vogel's here. journey? Yeah. Vogel goes to America? Yeah, but no, it's, um, no, it's, he's been talking too much in front okay, of his, that makes uh, sense. his roommate. I have told my roommate so much, he just wasn't blabbed. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, what he was that saying. that makes a lot more sense And he's just that's like, actually, because he goes, I, I should have told wrong. him. But um, overall, I yeah, mean, no, it I really, confuses, it muddles the waters of what this movie is like, because I'm still confused. No, you're like, absolutely right. Because I don't know what the... The Nazi character is compelling in his evil, but he's not yeah. completely evil. He's three-dimensional. Yeah. Until the third act, mm -hmm. where he's he becomes just this crazy, a plain villain. Man, exactly. Yeah. It. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. The more I, I think about it, it I'm, dis really... I'm disappointed in that. Like you said, yeah. The first like eighty and when minutes. When you get those flashbacks oh, yeah. of David like striving to tell the truth, yeah. you never really understand what that's about. What are they trying to say? What's the subtlety? Well, I get what he, I get that. That makes no, sense. No, I mean to I me. understand yeah. where he's coming from. Yeah. What? Like, what's the I'm I'm honestly confused by this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I get that completely. Like what they were, what they're trying to do there is just like, well, like you said before, like David just just want to be an animal, and he wants to prove that you know, like, this is a very important moment in you know Jewish you know history because right. Israel is just formed. Right. And so it's very important for them not to come off like you know murderers. Murderers. Yes. It just just vengeance driven a vengeance right. driven society they're also, trying to also be on that, it. on that point about being animals i really like the the scene it was kind of a, a nice little like political nod to current events where um Ristofan, he puts um a mask he puts like, a sack on oh, his yeah. oh yeah That's and it was a very scene. it was very um abu Ghraib thing it was like yeah. like and david you know the voice of reason yeah. and this is even what incites the conversation between um vogel and um david it's that we're not. We're not animals. David we're takes, not gonna, the, takes the mask takes off. The, takes a bag off of the his bag head. off, right? Because yeah. like we're not animals. We're better than this. We're not gonna put a bag over his head because we hate him. Yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna do what's right. It was a really interesting. Like, that scene could have been awkward and stupid and really forced. Forced. Yeah. But um, Sam Worthington just. I'm, I can't get over how great a job he did in this. Yeah. Also, I, there's. No, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. This, it was. Well, I just wanted to mention there's Mark, a great go. scene. Uh, where Stefan plays uh, Deutschland über alles. Yes. And it has that montage of yeah. them, like... Also, I love how the acting that... that uh, the way Vogel acts when they try to feed him, like, he's yeah. a little boy and he kicks yeah. and, like, pushes. It's incredible. And the scene where Jessica Chastain actually starts feeding him very mm -hmm. slowly is mesmerizing to me because yeah. of how, like... Everything about that performance is really above average. Both of them. Like, yeah. the scenes... The movie should have maybe taken place in that apartment. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It could have raised no, much there's, more there's specific questions. There's an amazing borderline Oscar film in this movie. Yeah, definitely. That borderline. I don't know. I know. I, I think, think it could no. have cobbled something really amazing out of this. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I really... It has the potential. It has, that's what I mean. Right. Uh, yeah, oh, you're right. It's, not even close. It, not in everything that was yeah. filmed. No, like, there would have to be an ending change. There would have to be some stuff built in the middle. Yeah. Um, Less obvious dialogue like there's a lot of dialogue that basically spells out we're told time and time again yeah. the same information the same business which is over kind of irritating um which is also matthew bond thing yeah. um 
So but, you were going to do, Cody, you were going to do a wrap. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, ultimately, I mean, the MVPs of this movie truly very much are Jessica Chastain, Sam Worthington, and Jesper Christensen. Like, right. those guys, like... And to some degree, Helen Mirren. Helen she Mirren, pulls off yeah. a yeah. role that's not really... It's she kind have, of a thankless role. She's not a lot to do, yeah. She's just supposed to be kind of... She doesn't really get any real points to emote, except for... She gets for, a single, literally, yeah. two scenes. Yeah. One where she finds out David's dead, and one where she is struggling over deciding whether to go to Ukraine to finish the job. Actually, no, exactly. uh, for me, the one scene by, by Helen Mirren that I really, really enjoyed was when she um she goes to the Ukraine, and she goes, she's wait and she's just her sitting there in the cafe, waiting for it to empty out. And it's just her face. The whole time she's kind of made up in the movie. And so she's she's completely without makeup. She's just sitting there in the cafe, cigarette in hand, trying to, and just reflecting. Just, it was What's one shot of her face? Huh. And she, there's a lot of just quiet despair in it. I thought it was a really great single face scene. I have to watch out for that if I see the dead again. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I mean, so, all right. After spoiler conversation, I mean, it's still the same. I yeah, think. exactly. So I'm, uh, I'm going to call it here guys. Uh, it's the end of our premiere episode. Um, you will always find us on, uh, iTunes and uh, we should be hosted up just on press just press we'll play. Our home and just press play. Just press play. Net. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for spending a little time with us, uh, Mark. Where can we find you in the universe? Thank you, Cody. Um, I try to do a lot of writing. I try to keep uh, reviews and news articles coming. I write for the playlist over at IndieWire. I do reviews for uh, thecriticalcritics.com. Uh, just press play naturally. That's how we were able to luckily make our home with them. And hopefully the first episode will be going up real soon. Um, I also write for a site called Obsessed with Film slash What Culture. And I have a feature there that I'm trying to keep up to date, which is called The the Ultimate Silver Screen Mixtape, which selects uh, films set to uh, pop music and just a collection of the best scenes set to pop music. My first two were... Mean Streets set to uh, De Niro's entrance set to Jumping Jack Flash, and Malcolm X uh, with Malcolm walking to oh, set to uh, A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, uh, and you know I'm I made a list and I'm working through them very slowly. Uh, other than that, um, you can check out back episodes of the Brooklyn Film Theorist if you're interested in the genesis of how yeah. I came to be here. But that's it. So far, so good. Gabriel, um, well, I just do a lot of writing. I mean, and a lot of drinking. So go to the West Village, check out a bar. You might find me there. But um, do you have any? Gabriel sells cookies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, to children. Also oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, I'm yeah. Also, I don't like to go into this really. It's it's just not you know that big a deal. But yeah, I'm uh, I run a bit of a cookie shop in the West Village. So an excellent cookie insomnia shop. Cookies. Insomnia cookies. Insomnia cookies. Filling cookies. Yeah, but it's a nice little for cookie delivery. Um, so if you ever if you're up late, quote unquote, studying and want cookies delivered to you, we gotcha. But yeah, I'm going to do a lot of uh, writing for film and um, short films and sketches and such. Um, hopefully I'm going to get a bunch of those up soon with my uh, writing partner, Roma Brahim. So yeah, just look us up sometime. Okay. Cody? Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Cody underscore Robinson. I'm pretty sure. Um, I really need to be for sure about that. Um, actually, you can, yeah. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at yeah. Mark, M-A-R-K, and the first four letters of my last name, Z-H-U-R. Sure. That's right. That's sure. where I'm at. I'm also on Facebook. Friend me or uh, don't. <laughs> friend, friend or don't friend. What else? Oh, yeah, you can Does find me on the Facebook as Gabriel Ballswick Mara. Um, yeah, you'll see a lot of sexy photos of me. 
And uh, a couple uh, expos forgot to delete. Cody is and also on Facebook. Exactly. But yes, you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore Robison. That's Rob is on. Um, Without the N. Yep. There's no N in there. Rob is on. Uh, you can also, um, I'm in a show right now playing at 3LD down uh, at 80, it's 80 Greenwich Street down in the financial district called The Love Letter I've Been Meaning to Write to New York. I'm in that show right now. And when is it going to be? Uh, it goes up September. Thank you. It goes up September 21st to the 16th of October. So there's 28 performances in there. So there should be one you can make. Um, yeah. So guys, feel good. You feel yeah, good? I yeah. feel good. Thank you guys smoke. for listening. They're going to go out and have a smoke. I'm going to purify myself some H2O. And uh, shout out to Mike Black, our producer. Go, Mike! Doing we a love great you, Mike. job. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cody, you want to... Any parting words? Why cookie rocket? Boom. It's no time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>